Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Hello and welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen and Lauren Bremer, the Managing Director of Right On Door County. How's it going, Lauren? Going well, thank you. Good. Thank you for coming in. Uh, we brought Miles in today too. Miles, you're on the board at Right On, so you yep. have a lot of background. And I have a lot of questions about Right On because it's an organization that I've known about for a while, uh, but haven't taken the next steps to learn more about. So thank you for coming in. I'm really excited to kind of learn more and hopefully share more with listeners who are in the same boat. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm just like a screener here, a PR agent for the organization. <laughs> yeah. Anything she says, I'll tell her when she can answer a question and not sort of like an attorney. That's my role. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut out all of the whispering in her ear that you do between each question. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about what Right On is kind of as an overview. Sure. So Right On is a 501c3 charity that started in 2014. The primary goal of Write On Our Mission, I should say, is to help people write and share their stories because we're human beings. We all have a story to tell. So it started in 2014 with a group of really passionate people who had a vision of just something that, that was kind of a hole in the community for uh, writing. There's so many arts, artistic organizations in Door County, so many visual, artistic, so many performing arts. And a lot of people just said, you know what, writing is a hole that, we, that we're not filling right now. And we, we could have an organization that helps people to be able to tell their stories, how to, how to make those stories better, how to, how to tell them more articulately. And so Write On was born. When you think about what you just said about telling your stories and the fact that there's the visual arts have always been re represented, but the, the written word, not so much. It's kind of ironic because... One of the biggest celebrants of the visual arts was Nor Bly, mm -hmm. who was a writer, but we never had anything like that's one of the reasons in a, a small part. I don't want to give Nor more credit than the artist, but his stories were a big part of what put some of these artists on a, high, a bigger platform in mm -hmm. some of his books and some of his profiles. And so right on serves to hopefully we are pulling more of that out of this peninsula. It actually came up in our editorial meeting yesterday where we were talking about trying to get more submissions from the people up here because they all have such great stories and when we get those once in a while but I was thinking man if we can get like 20 a year there's 20 great stories from individuals who didn't know that they were writers or didn't mm -hmm. know that their story was particularly interesting. Mm -hmm. Well and that's something that you said Lauren too that uh, Miles and I have talked about before is that you think that everybody is a writer or everybody has a story right. to tell right. and I think that that's really powerful information to go away with because it's like a lot of people think like, oh, there's nothing special about my life or no one would want to hear about me or what I write. Mm -hmm. But it is those people who lead, who lead those unique or different lives, even though they might not think that they're special, uh, they have a lot of value from an outside perspective. Absolutely. And I, I think that part of, part of the big picture of that is just and giving people an opportunity and an invitation to tell those stories, those people who feel marginalized or silenced or just like my my life isn't interesting or nothing has happened to me that anybody would want to read about. And that's just not true. One of the first components of Write On at the beginning and still today is our residency program. 
and we invite um, writers to apply to come and stay at our residence in Judville. And they get a week or two weeks or for people who are coming internationally, sometimes up to a month. And they get to spend time there writing and developing their own stories. But then while they're here, part of the dynamic is that they need to offer a service project to the community while they're here as part of the part of the arrangement. A lot of those workshops that they conduct are free, are open to the public. They're in the school systems. They're with senior centers and reaching these people who otherwise probably wouldn't be reached with the opportunity to write. And that's that's really magic. And that's really inspiring to see those people. I got to go down to Southern Door last week with our current writer in residence, Jennifer Morales, and she was working with freshmen at Southern Door. And these kids were just, just first of all, it's, it's quite a treat to have a published writer um, standing in front of you instead of your teacher. Not that your teacher isn't exciting every day, but, you know, to have this, this published author come in and work with you. And she was just working on free writing and just engaging these kids. And they were producing just some incredible stuff that they were like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know I had that in me. And she's like, well, we all do. And good for you. You know, it was, it was really special. I think back to my own high school or even grade school days when we'd bring an author into the school. And usually it'd be like friends at Gibraltar that would do it. You'd want to be like for m- myself, I had a, a love for writing early on. And I, you start to go, oh, that's that's an example. That's like mm-hmm. a person I could be or that's a career I could have. It might not be one time. It might be eight or nine different times that that, that opportunity is put in front of somebody before they really recognize it. Yeah, I, I, I love doing this or this is the time it clicks. So it's really great. Like when you think of bringing maybe 50, it's, it's about 50 different residents a year. Mm hmm. That come in, you know, that's 50 different authors of all different kinds that might might have a connection with a, a kid or inspire a kid. Mm-hmm. Or what we see a lot of is like older adults who find yeah. out they love poetry or they love to write essays or short stories. Mm-hmm. And we have some board members who've done that. Yeah, absolutely. Last year, we had the treat of having the U.S. Poet Laureate Tracy K. Smith come. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't one of our residents, but she was uh, she, we were instrumental in bringing her into the community and speaking to Door County um, High School students. And this is, I was, I was still a teacher at Gibraltar at the time. And so I was so excited to bring some of my students and a couple of, a couple of the students walking out the door and then later said, just hearing her speak gives me permission to know that, that not only that writing poetry is something that I don't, don't just do alone in my bedroom and my notebook, that it's something that like, you know, we're all here listening to it. It's, it's engaging, it's dynamic. And like I could, I could do this. I could be a poet, and it's right. it's it's affirming. Tell me about some of the the different like classes and workshops that Write On does. How can people in the community get involved? Sure. Coming up in in 2020, we have three major conferences that we're really excited about. The first week of May, we have a conference on writing fiction. We have some incredible authors coming. Uh, Jennifer Morales, our current writer and resident, is coming back to teach in that. We have Nicholas. Butler, who is just an outstanding novelist. Yeah, he's he's incredible. A Wisconsin writer. Um, Shotgun Love Songs was his the book that kind of launched his career. And he is just fabulous. He'll be here that weekend. Another guy from that like Eau Claire creative Mm -hmm. circle with Michael Perry and uh, that writer is just it's Bon Iver, but it's Justin Vernon. Yeah, (laughs) they they, they actually went to high school together. So it's it's an interesting, cool dynamic. So um, then in July, we have a food writing conference, which we're just pumped about. That's going to be really great. It's going to be, you know, writing about food as memory, food criticism, all kinds of interesting pieces to that. And then in November, we're going to be having an environmental and nature writing conference. So those are kind of like the three big flagships of of the upcoming year. But then we also have in mid-July, we're doing a really fabulous workshop that we do every year called Kids Wow, 
which is geared towards uh, different ages of students, depending on the year and the writer who's coming in to do that workshop. And that's a week-long camp for the kids to come to our property in Judville and spend every day there working with a writer. My own son did it this last year, and he loved it. They they made graphic novels, and so he still is at home, like, you know, making his comics and making graphic novels, which is great. Um, and, you know, and then we'll have smaller one-day workshops. We just had a wonderful workshop at the Y about writing about your body, which was really interesting. Over the holidays, we have two writers who were with us last year for, uh, or two years ago, for our children's literature conference who are coming to do a workshop on New Year's resolution writing, which will be really interesting. And that's going to be over the holidays. They're going to be staying with us. So there's always something going on. I mean, if you look at our calendar, it's like there's something going on every week, sometimes like three, four times a week that there's small things. Some are open just to, to students or to seniors, but there's always an opportunity to get involved. And you, your calendar, you go year round with events, right? We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's rarely a week in the year where there's not something going on. So. And then you don't take this as like a, a board member interviewing you on this, but just, I think our listeners would be interested in that transition that you've undergone because you were a teacher at Gibraltar for many years. I was a colleague of yours as a coach and I know that you were beloved as a teacher there by the students and by the faculty and were a great coach and great contributor in a lot of different ways. So I know when I left coaching, it was a a tough transition to go from being around kids every day. And even though it would take so much time, it was just, it's just such a, a great experience. So now you go to kind of like a different way of being involved in education mm-hmm. and maybe even more so community outreach and still involved with kids. But like how, how has that transition gone and, and what led you there and to write on? Sure. And that's a, that's a, it's a really complicated question for me, as you know, Miles, but it's, it's, it's something that gets to the core of just, you know, what, what I feel like I'm doing best with my service time, um, how I can serve the community in, in different capacities. I was so happy at Gibraltar for 14 years. I mean, like you said, I, I coached volleyball. I got to be the advisor for our varsity letter club. I got to revive the student newspaper with a group of passionate students in 2009. I feel like my time there was really well spent. About two and a half years ago, I, I realized I was probably ready for a little bit of a different role. And I thought that role was going to be moving into educational administration. Um, so I, I started a program at MSOE to get my MBA. And it was a, an MBA program that was designed for working teachers. And as I was in that program, I learned a lot about leadership and a lot about, about the importance of, of strong communities and the people who are leading them. And I was, I, was ready, I was ready for a change. I was ready to do something in a different capacity. And uh, when the invitation to join right on came, I felt in a way like it was, it was kind of like coming home. I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but like it, it felt so right to be taking something that I'm really passionate about, which is writing and the written word, literature, poetry, and then to be able to contribute my skill set to an organization whose mission I felt so fully aligned with. I miss the kids a lot. You know, I miss, I miss my colleagues. I miss, you know, at 745 every morning, I look at my clock and I'm like, oh man, right now everyone's sitting in the science lab having coffee and, you know, <laughs> talking about the day. And I miss that dynamic a lot. Um, it's the it's, first icy cold snow day. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. All right. We're still doing school today. This is, this is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in like any job, you know, there's things I don't miss. I don't miss the never ending paperwork, but it's different change. It's quite a different thing to, to sit at my desk now, mostly alone and look out at, at the beautiful quiet out in the yard and, and get my work done. And it's a different dynamic, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just so happy to be with an organization that I care so deeply about. 
I want to take a break here uh, and talk about the, what the future holds for Write On and your new facility that you're building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do, is there anything else that's important that we haven't mentioned about how Write On exists as it does currently? You know, I mean, we have we have the the residence program, which is the major component, was the first component for the people who started the organization. And I think one of the most important pieces about Write On that often gets missed in discussion is the value of collaboration in the organization. Our artistic director, Jared Santek, who's been with the organization since the start, is just an incredible person. Uh, He has made so many connections in the Door County community with organizations. Um, Help of Door County, the Door Door County Maritime Museum, um, the senior centers. I mean, it, the list just goes on and on. It's it's literally dozens and dozens of organizations that he has worked with to bring writing to to different audiences. I think that goes to the heart of of what a what a good nonprofit organization in Door County should be doing, especially one that's involved with the arts, is working with other organizations at the ground level to say how can we how can we help each other and how can we serve the people of this community the best. I think that's one of the most important pieces of the puzzle that sometimes people don't see as happening behind the scenes is collaboration. So. Yeah, I think that's really important to mention. And the, the work Jared has done, because when you look at a writing center in Door County, Wisconsin, it could we could very much be about a very particular type of author or a particular type of writing. Right. And one of the things that I'm really proud of as part of the organization is to see just the, the array of different people that that have been brought into this county and the different styles. I mean, Kao Kalia Yang mm-hmm. um, and writing from like a, an immigrant's perspective, Tracy K. Smith, the Poet Laureate, and also like a lot of great kind of your classic Midwestern writers. But all these different perspectives, all these different backgrounds coming up here to tell their stories in a place that is often homogenous. homogenous. <laughs> um, and to to get those other perspectives is huge. And then even like the the work in high schools with kind of marginalized communities, whether it be um, the Latinx program mm-hmm. oh, that, yeah. that Jared's been part of or working with people in jails to mm-hmm. tell their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such a, a wide range of, of things that have been produced. And one of the things we've struggled with as an organization is getting the word out about all those things because right. we've plowed ahead and brought all these people up and run all these programs. We don't always do the best job uh, historically of then taking the time to tell people that we're doing this and mm-hmm. that this is available. And that's one of the things that, that we're starting to kind of revamp is, hey, be a part of this organization. Find out there's so many different ways you can be a part of storytelling mm-hmm. and and writing, whether it be as a volunteer or putting your own pen to paper mm-hmm. and taking part in these classes that I, I, I think there's I'm pretty excited for the what the future holds because we've been doing this all for five years out of the residency home. Like mm-hmm. We don't have a center for people to come to, and that's what we'll talk about next. Well, with that, why don't we take a break, uh, and then we'll get back into it with the future of Write On and uh, with your new facility. Great. Miles, writing for The Pulse is your career, but broomball is your passion. <laughs> that, that might be correct. There's an event coming up this weekend, and we wanted to tell everybody about it. Give me a little bit of background about what's going on at the Sister Bay Ice Rink. This Saturday, November 16th, we are doing a kind of bonfire kickoff for the rink. Most likely there will not be ice laid down yet, despite how cold it has been already. But we're just trying to get some people out there, have some fun, kind of an excuse to have a big bonfire down at the fire pit there and make people aware of the programming and the leagues and skating nights that we're going to have there this winter. 
and we're committed to making sure it's open as much as possible and just have a fun time down there at the Sister Bay Ice Rink, the Teresa K. Highlander Community Ice Rink. If Brimball and using the ice rink is important to you, make sure that you come down on Saturday and enjoy the festivities. Yeah, it's going to be 4 to 8 p.m. We're going to have live music from Solomon Lindenberg. We'll have brats and beer and hot chocolate for sale. We'll have some kids games, some uh, broomball and hockey shooting games so people can win some prizes, test your skills a little bit, and uh, just have some fun down there and check out the facility if you've never been up there. We'll have some broomball equipment for you to check out if you have never played and might be interested. You can come see what those spongy shoes are all about. We'll just help people find out what they need to know and maybe align some people with some teams if you're interested in playing but just don't have a team and want to sign up. Or if you have a team ready to go and you want to get in the league, we're still looking for them. Or if you're interested in just donating or sponsoring, taking an ad out on the boards, have some fun and learn a little bit more about the rink. And uh, we're committed to, to keeping that thing open. Hopefully we get it open by the, the holidays this year and keep it open through February. Great. I'm excited for the return of Broomball Miles. His energy was sorely missed last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love Broomball. Okay, we are back. So, Lauren, tell me where you guys are situated right now. So, currently, we are at 4177 Judville Road. So, if you're headed north on 42 and you get to that beautiful intersection, <laughs> you take a right. Um, we're the first property on the right. It just looks like a residential home because that's what it is and was. It's in um, the heart of Judville, right in the <laughs> middle of a thriving metropolis, the main intersection there. You can't miss it. Right. Yeah, you can't miss it, right. Yeah, so that's that's our current location. So, right now, our residents stay upstairs um, when they're there, and Jared and I have our offices downstairs. So you are embarking on a uh, a major upgrade to these facilities. Yes. Uh, when are you planning on on opening the new facilities? So the projected opening date is going to be late spring of our of our new facility. So that's going to be directly across the street from our current location. So we have we have about five acres on the south side where we are currently, which is a beautiful spot. There's a nice winding trail through the woods. On the north side, we own 34 acres, and that's even more gorgeous and beautiful. It's it's peaceful, it's quiet, and that's where we're building our new writing center that we're so excited about. Yeah, tell me a little bit about what the new facility is going to be and what it's going to what opportunities it's going to allow you. Sure. So, we worked with Kabbalah Washatko, we're the designers of the building, and Carlson Erickson is uh, our construction crew, and they are just amazing. Um, they're doing an incredible job. So, right now, right now the steel is up, and we're about to get to framing if this snow will just hold off a little while. <laughs> um, but it's, it's nice. I, my desk just looks right onto the construction site, so I get to watch all of the, the busyness that's happening over there. And so, the new facility is going to be 3,000 square feet. It's going to be, uh, we, we're going to have a living library that's going to be both a collection of works of authors who've stayed with us and then other fiction, other poetry, other nonfiction. There's going to be a classroom so that we can have a lot of our class, classes that we're currently using other locations to utilize. We'll be able to have a home for those, which is really exciting. Different places like the Crest Pavilion and other, other community locales have been really wonderful in opening their doors to us. Um, and we want to continue those collaborations, but it's going to be quite a different thing to have a home um, and a place where we we can come and collaborate. There will be a, a kitchen and a place that's kind of like a communal kitchen. There'll be open spaces for people to come in and just take advantage of the silence and the peace and the creative space. We will have a fireplace, a two-sided fireplace that's half in the library and half in the open space, which will be gorgeous. There's a there's going to be a gorgeous deck out on the back, or I should say, a stone patio with a again a communal fireplace uh, for people to sit around, and then access to all of the trails out onto the 
onto the property um, in different, hopefully, spots where people can stop and ride along the way all four seasons of the year. And then Jared and I will have our offices there as well. So that'll give the residents who are back on the other side of the road some peace. <laughs> you know, not that we're not that we're noisy people, but it'll just be even more of an intensive retreat space for them. And when she yeah. says residents, not like the residential community or or, or population, but our residents right. or the writing center. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things that this does for us is right now, the way Jared and now Lauren have had to organize programs and conferences for years has been, all right, here's an idea. Okay, here's somebody to teach it. Now I got to find a space. And if you're putting on as many programs as we do, which can be dozens, it can be scores, it can be hundreds over the course of years, mm -hmm. that means finding a venue for every single one of those, which is just balancing schedules and, and trying to find the right size place. And sometimes you find a place that's, you know, it, it's, it's a spot, but it's not necessarily the best creative spot, you know? So having our own home saves all of that time for so many, like a lot of time that in is going into the logistics of booking space can now just go into creating the best program possible or creating more programs or marketing those programs. So for us, it's really a, a game changer for the organization and, and how we operate. Mm -hmm. What types of opportunities does having your own space afford you in terms of, of the, the curriculum and the different things that you're planning on doing over the next couple of years? Has it opened any doors that you didn't otherwise have open for you? If anything, it just it, it allows us a couple of things. First of all, it allows us to streamline a lot of our organization and our the, the just the day to day of of where we'll be able to conduct our our workshops and our classes. Um, and the other thing is consistency. You know, we have a space that will consistently be available for those classes, will consistently be available to writers in the community or people, like I said, who just need and want that that quiet. And the other thing that it affords the opportunity for is collaboration Within the classes, obviously, that would be going on, but with the writers to come and have that space to work either together with other writers or professional writers or with budding writers and growing writers, that we don't really have that opportunity in the space that we're in now. When we want to have meetings or if when we want to have classes, it's, it's a, it's, it can be a disturbance to the writers, frankly, you know, or it's we're, we're going to have a meeting, hope you don't mind, come on downstairs, as opposed to the intention and the desire to go and, and sit down in a collaborative space. And just to have access to a place, I mean, we have libraries in the community, which is very nice, but to have somebody on hand to guide you or give you, give you tips, um, it's going to be a great space for the students of the community as well uh, to, have a, to have a place that they can go to take a piece that they're working on for school or a piece that they're working on in their own personal life and get advice or get, get some encouragement or a little bit of guidance on the piece. Um, and all of those things will be so exciting and in something we're looking forward to immensely. So say I'm a young budding author and I want to learn more about writing or get involved. Mm -hmm. What avenues do I have to actually get involved with the organization? Sure. So, I mean, the first thing is to check the website and look at the classes and the, and the authors that are coming so you can see if there's something there that sparks your interest. The other is that we have a new membership program that's we have different levels for youth and for families and for individuals. And that's a great way to get involved because that will get you signed up for our newsletter and gets you uh, invited to member events that are specific just just for members, obviously. Then you're kind of like in the family. You know, you get to you get to learn about what the opportunities are on a monthly level, sometimes more frequent than that. Then you can pick and choose what you want to be involved with. You know, sometimes I hear people say like, I, you know, I, I'm not really a writer, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if there's a space for me in this organization. It's like, of course there is, even though 
you know, our tagline is always like, we're all writers. We just have to be given the opportunity to compose and to write. You know, I personally, I'm not an actress, but I will, I will support Northern Sky. You know, I, I'm not, I draw stick people. I'm a terrible artist, but now I've, I've kind of opened up to this idea that like, okay, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an artist, but I go to the Peninsula Art School with my children. We create beautiful things. You know, it's just the opportunity and the encouragement. I think people sometimes get a little overwhelmed or even intimidated. Like, am I going to have to read it out loud? Are you going to publish it? You know, and I think there's, there's some scariness that when we, we can say to people, no, you don't, you don't have to do any of those things. You know, it's just, it's about what you want it to be. And once people kind of get that message they're much more softer and open to the idea of what opportunities lie ahead for them. So, And sometimes it can be great just to hear other people's stories. Oh, you yeah. know, it's not just about, okay, you got to pull out your most heartfelt or difficult moment mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. or you got to put yourself out there. I went and saw Faith Sullivan last year, uh, a great Midwestern author that we brought up here at the Crest Pavilion. And she did a reading. She's just an author in her 80s who just is inspiring with just her, her energy and her outlook and just the insight she brings about writing, about life, and seeing her with a small group of 10 or 12 people. She did a reading and then answered a bunch of questions. And she's just really engaging, Mm -hmm. great person to see whether or not you're going to go there and write something about it. Mm -hmm. Michael Perry, who we just did a a fundraising dinner last week, and Michael Perry is one of my favorite authors and just hilarious, Mm -hmm. but great writer. And for that particular evening, my dad got a chance to, my dad, a former volunteer firefighter and EMT, got a chance to meet Michael Perry, who wrote also an is an EMT and volunteer firefighter in Eau Claire who wrote what I think is like the quintessential book about that lifestyle mm-hmm, of small mm-hmm. town rural fire departments called Population 45. And it was just great to bring that author here and my dad have a chance to, to swap a couple stories and with him about that lifestyle. So mm-hmm. there's just so many more opportunities we can do like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that while not everybody is a writer or an artist or a actor or anything like that, Everybody is creative. Everybody makes stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you make or how you're creative is different from person to person, whether it be in the traditional arts like drawing or painting or writing or anything like that, or if it's, you know, woodworking or metalworking, or if you're a craftsperson or a tradesperson, mm-hmm. there's still artistry to what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, so everybody can indulge in the creative side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. You mentioned a little bit about some of the programming that you have coming up through the end of the year, but is there um, things that you want to highlight before the end of the year or into next year that are coming up for the organization that you think are exciting? I, w- I would say... Honestly, just getting ready for those three major conferences. And there's another program coming up in 2020 that we do every year that's really popular that's called Recharge Your Creative Battery. And it's a week-long workshop that happens in midsummer. And it's a fabulous way for somebody who may or may not feel like they are a writer, but like you were just saying, Andrew, about creativity, it's an opportunity to come and work with this wonderful author named Jim Malahi. And he sits down and and just gives people an opportunity to refocus if you have a piece that you've been kind of dreaming about or no piece at all. And maybe it's not even necessarily writing, but it's just an opportunity to just refresh and refocus and be mindful about the next thing that you want to be creative with. That's a really cool opportunity that, that's coming up uh, in the coming year. One thing that, that I would mention about Write On that maybe a lot of people don't know, growing up here, there are a lot of great nonprofits and educational organizations that offer some great programming, great writing opportunities, great artistic opportunities. But a lot of them are like week-long camps or retreats. They're like during the workday 
very much geared toward, say, retirees. So a lot of times I've found myself looking at some programs and going, that'd be great, but I can't take nine to noon off work every mm-hmm. day for five days or take a whole week off work as a young adult. But what I think differentiates right on is we offer a lot of programs that are low commitment level, test it out, come out and, and to see in an hour or two if it's something for you. Right. And you don't have to commit a large sum of money or a week of your time to say, all right, I'm going to I'm going to dive into writing. You can just learn from a writer in an hour right. and, and see if it inspires you. Mm-hmm. And if not, a lot of those programs are free. Almost all of them are very low cost. Even our Under conferences are very low cost. Easily. It's just a great opportunity to get your feet wet without you know having to sacrifice <laughs> a week's worth of groceries or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very low barrier to entry for almost any write-on program. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm so excited for Write On and your new facility coming up next year. Uh, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming in and chatting with us. Miles, thank you for adding to the conversation. Of course. Uh, and I look forward to checking out what you guys have coming up here. Thank you so much for having me. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast.